This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. Also, those that are watching on social media or television, welcome. I have a special guest here at World Ministries International in our chapel, live audience, a Sergeant Bernard Moody. I'm going to have him share what he's doing now. He's running for office politically and his reasons. He's a strong man of faith. I've interviewed him already on my radio program. Later on this week, he'll be on my television program. Recently, I've had many men of God from law enforcement in this political arena because we're trying to stop the tyranny that's taking over America. I had a man who was a lieutenant, Seattle Police Department, Brett Rogers, now in the arena because Seattle is lawless and people are afraid. In fact, he even moved out of the Seattle area. But again, Bernard Moody. So you tell him what you're running for, why, and God bless you. Thank you, Dr. Anson. I appreciate the opportunity and the invite, and thank you to all the people that have to listen through my torturous testimony and story. And thank you out there that are listening online and uh, live streaming. Uh, my name is Bernard Moody. I am a sergeant for the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office. I have been working for Snohomish County for the last 25 years, and I've been a supervisor there for the last 15. I've also worked nine years in the state of Hawaii, as well as the state of Washington Department of Corrections, and so it gives me a total of about 34 years. And I am also a Marine. I would say former Marine, but I just came from a gathering of men's breakfast where we had a Marine speaking. And once a Marine, always a Marine. So, you know, it's kind of like once save, always save. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so once a Marine, always a Marine. So um, I uh, joined the Marine Corps at the age of 17. And uh, that was by far the most important thing I think I ever did in my life other than accept the Lord as my Savior. I was able to I never had a father. I would grew up. My mom was 14. My dad was obviously in the Marine Corps at the time, so he had to be in his 20s, 2021, 20, at the youngest. And uh, so by those standards, he probably would have been considered a child molester because it was mom was only 14 at the time and she happened to be white my father being black making me of course mulatto which is just a, a southern term for a racially mixed person and uh, i think we're all racially intermixed you know somewhere or another there's no such thing as pure you know um and i also believe that i think god wanted that way you know the scripture says from every tribe nation and language you know and he confounded the languages to not have just one so i kind of like the idea that we have so much different variations and so much and i think we should embrace that instead of try to get away from it you know so so just a little bit of where i came from and then where i'm at right now today um I originally was born in Maine, um, got adopted um, to a family in order so I wouldn't have to have that bastard sig uh, tag on my, on my name in life because, you know, back in the 60s, they, you know, you, it, it was important that you had a, 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 um, a mother and a father um, in the family. And um, so my, I got adopted to my uncle. He passed away. Um, his wife at the time moved back to or her family in Florida, graduated high school there, joined the military. The Marine Corps took me to California, then into Hawaii. 
Hawaii was like, if I have to be poor, I might as well be in Hawaii. So I early, before I even got to the base, by the time they drove us from the airport to the base, I was already planning Hawaii is going to be my home. And, um, and so I started getting plugged into uh, church. I, even though I was born again in a Pentecostal church at the age of 15, um, in Assemblies of God and, um, you know, learned of the, the gifts of the Spirit, and the power of the Spirit. Didn't know I wasn't supposed to know that stuff, you know, but uh, I ended up going to a, a, a Baptist church while I was in Hawaii. And then uh, they gave me a grounding in the Word, uh, study of the Word. I mean, it, they really, I mean, we had services um, Saturday, uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night and then midweek service. And then we had the singles fellowship. And then, you know, so we had something going on almost every single night of the week. And I really love that. Um, but, you know, I kind of uh, backslid a little bit and I uh, got away from the will of God and, um, and I ended up uh, getting married and the marriage uh, didn't work out so good. And, and then the Lord just kind of brought me to a place where, you know, I started to get, um, um, the need for getting some grounding. And so um, I started getting into the Word. I started learning, and I started studying the Bible for myself. And, um, and I experienced the freedom. And, uh, you know, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I've been through the Scriptures, and I don't even make it a, you know, an issue before. But I would challenge you, if you never read from Genesis to Revelations at least once, Make it a, a, a goal to do that because, um, and then when you finish, start over because there's things that you missed, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I've been doing it for a long time and I've been reading and I've learned every single morning, I, you, know, this, you know, there's something fresh, there's something there that I get to graze on. And um, so I was able to get into the field of corrections almost as an, a, just a temporary job to keep me busy while I was still waiting for whatever it was I was supposed to be doing since I got out of the military. And, uh, and that's, of course, in Hawaii, so I got a job at the prison, and, um, and that got me found grounded. Um, and then during a very, very, uh, my first divorce uh, really broke my heart because I believed that once married, always married kind of thing, and that, you know, you weren't supposed to ever get divorced, even if there was an adultery, you know, relationship in there. But, um, but I had all those bad things happen. And, uh, and so I finally decided to just surrender my life to the Lord and allow him to direct it. And if it meant that I didn't get, you know, stay married to this, uh, the mother of my daughter, then so be it. And so I just stopped putting these conditions on my relationship with him. And, um, and so I, the Marine Corps taught me, I mean, not the Marine Corps, but um, working in the field of corrections taught me how authority over other people is very, very precious. And um, you probably heard all the little things about, you know, police abuse and all that stuff. Well, I have under I've understood how that can happen, because once you get authority over somebody else or even if it's a husband and wife situation, sometimes, it, it gets into intoxicating. And so I learned at a very young age in my profession that I need to learn how to treat people the right way and to treat people the way I'd want to be treated if I was in their shoes. And so working in that field, I learned that I can't judge that person that I'm working with just because I think I know what he's done, because there were truly some people that we had in custody that were innocent. And so I didn't want to take that, you know, thinking that I'm supposed to punish him because he's done something bad, and so therefore I'm, you know, 
being a part of God's hand. And uh, so I, I, I learned very young that, you know, I need to treat people the way I'd want to be treated. And even if they don't show me that respect, well, my respect doesn't come from them. My respect comes from me. And so I choose to be respectful and I choose to render that respect to them no matter what they do to me. Because, you know, even though approach determines response, you come at me sideways, the first (laughs) five seconds may be unfiltered and you might get, you know, and so, um, but but I get caught and then all of a sudden I get rolled, get reeled back in and then I get back on track. But I'm just saying, I'm hurt, I'm human. And um, <clears throat> but after having years of working with uh, with those that were considered less than or even, you know, worthy of punishment, worthy of judgment, you know, the Lord taught me a lot of things. And so I'm saying all that because I'm using that as my foundation to saying that I, I, I believe that that is a foundation for being in, in authority over other people. And being a senator, I'm running for state senator of District 38, which is Everett, Marysville, and Tulalip. And, um, <clears throat> and that district actually, um, you know, has a uh, hundred and some thousand people that live in there. And, um, and I, actually maybe even more, because I think that's the hundred thousand population of uh, Everett. And, um, and, and having that, that responsibility over other people is something that any leader needs to take uh, seriously. And one of the models that I've, I've, I've chosen to use is that which, you know, the Lord has given us, where the Lord sat with his disciples, and, you know, they were all bickering about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know, I could just imagine that conversation. Can you imagine that? The disciples were like, well, the Lord used me to do this, that, or another thing. And, you know, Peter like, well, I walked on water. You know, you, none of y'all did that, you know. So, so they all had a little bit of something that they could brag about. And the Lord just sat there and just, you know, got up. Now, the Lord, the king of the universe puts a towel around his waist, gets a bowl, fills it with water, and he goes to them and washes their feet. And he uses that as, as you know, everyone here knows the story. For those who don't, I'll explain it. Uh, he says, I, being your Lord and Master, and I am, he made that clear, if I am willing to do a servant's job, a slave's job, because it was a slave's job to wash the feet, because they didn't have nice little shoes like we got here, you know. They had sandals, and they were dirty, and they would take the feet off, and the slaves would wash them, and they'd go around and keep the floor clean like we're doing here, but, you know, most of us not wearing shoes and all that stuff. That's a Hawaii custom, by the way, so I'm totally used to it. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we, you know, and the Lord was telling them, if I, being your Lord and Master, am doing this service to you, then how much more should you do it to each other? And so I've taken that as part of my culture in working in the environment that I am working with where it's like, you know, I look at my job as a supervisor to be one of a servant to the people that I supervise. And so I'm there to provide them with the tools necessary to get the job done that the county has given me to give to them so they can do the job that we, the county wants them to do. And so I just take that to another step and just change my job description by becoming a state senator. I believe as a state senator, that I'll be able to serve my community. And once I get elected, I, I believe that my responsibility is to the entire um, people of my district, not just to the ones that voted for me. Because I, hear, I hate to say is that one out of the people who vote, it's a fraction of the people that are actually living in the community that are actually doing the voting. And then out of a fraction from the fraction are the ones that actually determine who's getting elected. So we're basically being governed by the, by the smallest minority that we could possibly get, short of a 
short of a dictatorship. So <clears throat> I believe that a servant leader is not necessarily a title that somebody likes to say just because they want people to think they are. A servant leader is going to be somebody that you see is a servant. You see their actions, their doing, their yielding, their not putting themselves first, not putting themselves for it. All the things that we learn from, you know, what the Lord would have us to do. I mean, therein lies the foundation of what I believe true leadership is. And then what we should do in the kingdom of heaven is be that servants to one another. Because right now we're trying to legislate love. You know, it was so easy if the, we could just do what the Lord told us to do, to love one another. Here we are, we have divisions and strife and, and, and fightings and all these things. And we have political parties right now that are literally trying to divide the people. And one of the reasons why I felt it was necessary for me to run, just because I just, one, felt that there was a need. And I always had the job, my, my always had the heart of wanting to have a private's mentality. In other words, what I mean by that is like a private was the guy who had to do all the work that nobody else wanted to do. So I, as I started to try to climb up the ladder and got frustrated with my place and my level, I just told him, I said, you know what, I'm going to just go, I will want to do those jobs first. So just give me, when I came to work in Snohomish County, they asked me where did I want to work, what assignments, what units, and then, you know, around what MS. I said, just give me the one that nobody else wants. And so that was always the one that was, they had the cons, you know, they had the, and, you know, back in the day, I had a, you know, a little bit bigger chest and bigger arms. And, and so, you know, everyone used to, you know, I, and I used to use that for because I believe strength if you had it was there to use to protect Amen. you don't use strength to abuse or to inflict or to but but to protect and so I always believe that to be true now my protection comes from Smith and Weston you know a couple of friends of mine that I have and <laughs> you know and um, and I even have a new friend to my family called Sig. You know, he, he, he's really a nice guy. And then, you know, it's kind of small, but he's got a big bang. You know what I'm saying? And um, and so I use I have these things now to protect myself as compared to when I didn't have, you know, my, you know, big the rock body looking thing. Um, but anyways, you know, just just saying that what I took my job is to be is to be a protector. I wanted to be def a defender. I wanted to, you know, the Marine Corps taught me what it meant to be sacrificially willing, because sometimes we had to give an order that, that might require somebody to die. You know, take that hill. That's the, that's the mission. And then, you know, you having to take that order, you go up there and you die. So we have a reason and we have a, a, a position that I believe that the Lord gives us to use for the betterment of the group. Because I want to be that senator that will go down there and serve the constituents that I have and I represent. Whether I agree with them or not, I want to represent them well and at least tell my, you know, what my constituents want and what they are, you know, elected me to do. Um, and I, at the same time, and, and just an example of, of, of what I truly want to do, and that is to snatch a few out of the fire, Yesterday, while we were out there uh, sign waving down there in Everett, um, you know, we had a, a group of um, African-American young ladies that walked up and um, they started to, you know, get into some verbal discussions with the guy who was holding somebody's sign who they didn't personally like. They, well, you know, she's all for abortion. She wants to get rid of abortion. So 
I saw that coming and, you know, being that um, I could identify a little bit, at least with, you know, being brown and that I could, you know, speak to them. So I went over there, introduced myself. And then when they realized that I was the guy that they, the signs that they were holding was the same, they paid a little bit of attention. So to make a long story short, I spoke to them for a good 30, 40 minutes. And they, out of our honest discussion, I was able to actually convince them that they are probably more conservative than they think they are. And by the end of our conversation, I actually have it on video too. They were willing to not only take a picture of me, but they wanted to interview me on the street because they liked what I was saying. And so they asked me, it says, Mr. Moody, when you're a senator, what is your message to the black men in this, of, our, of our state? And I told him, I said, hey, you know, I would say this to not just black men, but to any men to respect their women to respect each other, to love one another, do the same things that the Lord just told us to do, love one another. And so out of that conversation, I realized, I said, you know what, that right there is, is the greatest prize that I would ever get from the job that I would be doing. And that is to help somebody who may have not, may not have been walking in the light to see the light. And I think that's what the gospel is all about, isn't it? You know, Pastor, you've been all over the world. You know what that freedom is when people come to that realization of being in bondage and in shackles and in sickness and in bound. And then, you know, what? there's another freedom, too, that people get that or that we are able to get is that even if we're not immediately healed from some of our maladies that we suffer because we live in a cursed world, the Lord can give the heart of that person a change so that they don't they don't have that anxiety and they can have that have his peace you know and i have i remember when i have a scar on my uh, under my arm it's a burn that i got as a knucklehead kid four years old loved to play with fire my mom you know knew i had that you know and so she tried to keep it away from me but anyways i got a burn and so when i first got saved i wanted to i said lord i know i believe you can heal you know because everyone's telling me that you can't and so i want you to heal you know this scar and this burn and and i i i, I literally stayed in my room for weeks and just you know wanted to you know seek the lord for that purpose and i didn't get the scar healed i got my heart healed where it was okay for me to have the scar you know, and I started to realize, I said, you know, if I can learn to be content in the situation that he has given me, he sometimes can lead me out of it. Because the thing that's really bond, holding me in bondage wasn't the fact that I had the scar. Even though I, as a young kid, you know, kids, you know, there's the self-conscious. I was afraid to take off my shirt in front of others because, you know, we you know, go to gym class. And, you know, back in the days, you actually had to take showers with each other. And so, you know, there was, I, and I was very self-conscious of it. And so that was why it was so important to me. But the Lord kind of healed that. And I found that over through time, that has been the same kind of healings the Lord has brought me in other areas. So I used to hate people because of the fact that they treated me different. They didn't let me play with their children or they, you know, um, <clears throat> they wouldn't let me come into the store. I remember as a kid when we had segregation in America, I had to sit in the back of the bus. And so all these things, just like the young people, the young black people today, where they grow up and they've been fed this lie that, you know, you need to be bitter and you need to be a victim of, you know, of the racism and all this stuff to the point where we have this thing called CRT, which is critical race theory, which basically teaches other people to hate more. You know, I mean, the, Martin Luther King said it best. The only way to put out hate is to love. Yeah. 
Love is the only way to put out hate and to put out that fire. Water is the only thing that can extinguish fire. And so we use that very same principle. We use those things in our leadership skills. And so I want to go down to Olympia and, uh, and all that, those little fires that I see people trying to make with racism and with division and with all of this stuff about, you know, trying to give drug addicts more drugs and then calling that compassionate. That is not compassionate. That is giving them a death sentence. And not to mention to the society that's going to be infected by the people who are going to try to continue taking these drugs when they can't get no more. A drug dealer will give his first drugs first few times away. He'll give them for free. And then all of a sudden they start extracting a heavy toll. And that's the whole deception about drugs. That's why I know it comes straight out of the pit of hell from Satan himself, because he promises us a little pleasure for a moment. And then that extraction of the toll from that pleasure from getting on that ride is a heavy toll to pay. And it's always never, it's never the same. It always takes more and more to get the same pleasure and pleasure. And then it always takes a greater toll. So I believe having the experience that I have with all of the people that I've talked to over the years, the good, I mean, I've talked to murderers. I mean, this, we got people in jail right now that have killed people and that, you know, that have been under our supervision. And I'm going to tell you something. You know what a murderer looks like? Look in a mirror. That's exactly what they've looked like. And you would never know the things that people could get pushed to do or that might do out of a, of a flame of passion or, or emotion. So I want to be able to do the things that I think that would be needed by going out there and having a heart where I don't judge people just because of some preconceived idea that I can go down there. And my message to them would be is to let's learn how to get along. Let's make friends. So let's, uh, my idea of, of leadership is be able to go down there and to make friends and to get coalition and to, you know, reach across the aisle. Everyone wants to do that until you stop doing it. Then they call you a rhino or a dino. And if you don't know what a dino is, a dino is a person who is a Democrat who's afraid to say that he's conservative. A <laughs> dino in name only, as compared to a rhino in name only. Well, everyone likes a moderate Democrat, but they don't like moderate uh, Republicans. But I'm telling you, we need moderates both. We need to find middle ground, the things that we can do. Just like Jesus. Jesus went and sat with who? The, the sinners and the Republicans, or not the Republicans, but the, <laughs> the publicans. <laughs> and so those, and, and so he, he modeled that moderation better than anyone because he said, hey, you know, I, I will not condemn and I'm the one that is able to condemn. And so I think we should have the same idea and the same heart and the same matter. And I think we should be solid to our core values, you know, of, of, you know, of, of righteousness and right and wrong. You know, we shouldn't have to compromise those. But on the other things, we can come find coalition. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to be sinless. So we need, just need to try to sin less. You know, and I think if we do that, move forward, we will start to begin that process. So what can people do to help me? Right now, we're in a place where uh, we're getting uh, like within weeks uh, of, of uh, the election day. It's uh, November 8th this year. Um, the ballots come out uh, October 20th, which is going to be a couple of days from now. And so these ballots will start to come out. And as they come out, I need to have people to vote for Bernard Moody in the little box. And then if you can, between now and then, go to my website, which is votefobernardmoody.com. 
and hit the donate button and contribute to help me to get the message because we have a commercial that we did make and uh, that was a miraculous event and just in and of itself but we have the bread now we just need to distribute it so we need to have some help getting the funds to do that so if you are listening and uh, you like the message that I've heard and you think that that would help uh, ease the problems that we have down in Olympia then go to my website uh, hit that donate button you can just click on my picture I got it set up to automatically if you just accidentally click you'll head straight to the donate page and then just fill out that and then donate you know every little bit helps you know many hands makes little work and um, and then also um, if you can't donate and even if you can't also if you're a person of faith pray because the faith community if we activate it and we got and woke up we could change the tide because truly as i was saying to one of the pastors here today we're only in this mess because good people have stepped down or backed away from the political uh circles and from the community and so we need to actually get those good people again to wake up and realize that what we have to do before us is take part in our country's suffering as loyal soldiers of Jesus Christ and turn the tide back to righteousness because we won't, we won't prevent judgment from coming because that's going to come. But at least we can hold it off for a little bit. And with that, I want to thank you for inviting me to share. Thank you for listening. And uh, Dr. Hansen. God bless you and your ministry, and thank you for letting me come. And drugs, mass looting, crime at an all-time high, and June Robinson did nothing. I'm State Representative Jesse Young, and now more than ever, we need a leader who will stand up for public safety, and that man is Bernard Moody. A veteran and law enforcement professional, Bernard has been fighting to keep our families safe, while Senator Robinson led the effort to legalize hard drugs and defund our police. You shouldn't have to fear when your child goes to school or when your spouse goes to the store. I am Bernard Moody, candidate for state senate, and I ask for your vote. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio.
with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.